Welcome to another episode of the Little Beaver Historical Society podcast, where our mission is to explore, celebrate, and promote the culture and history of all of Beaver County. We have a very special guest today on our podcast. You may know him, or you may have seen the play Soldier Come Home. Frank Wicks is the playwright who wrote this play based on the letters of his great-grandparents from Altoona, right, Frank? Uh, They were from uh, South Fork and Johnstown area. Oh, and is that where you grew up? I did. My my father did. Uh, He went to school there. My grandfather came from England and settled in South Fork. I grew up in the New York City area. But we'd come back to South Fork for a few weeks every summer. Wonderful train ride. Remember the horseshoe curve coming around? Oh, yes. That's wonderful. (laughs) Sure. So uh, it was like a a second home to me. So I, I know Western Pennsylvania fairly well. Have you been to Beaver County before? No. Oh. It's wonderful. Well, welcome. And we're sitting in this historical museum right now, and it's just amazing. Isn't this amazing? 1802, this building. We were in here last week recording a podcast promoting the play, matter of fact. And, you know, it was late at night. The lights were low at one point. Ghosts. You know, I kept thinking of ghosts, and it just gave me a really interesting feeling. What history is here? Yeah. So speaking of history, you are a Civil War buff, correct? Um, I must say that uh, uh, my father, especially, was a Civil War buff and handed me uh, his, his legacy um, and handed me all the letters. That the play is based on letters that he found in South Fork, in the attic in South Fork, in a shoebox uh, around 1950. And uh, he was in the New York City area. He was the president of the Civil War Roundtable there. And uh, was very excited about the letters because they described the battles so well. And I was a theater person. I was sort of a touchy-feely <laughs> person. And I, was, I began to read about the relationship between the husband and wife and the family left behind and the problems they were having. And that sort of interested me a lot. And, and that's when uh, I began to see, wow, this is a, a family story. This is a wonderful story, not just battles of the Civil War, but a, but a, a real story. So that's when I began to think about putting it into a play form. Now, let's talk about that just a little bit. I, I'm, so what I do is uh, veterans oral histories. It's very near and dear to me. And I talk to a lot of people who tell veterans stories, very few. Jay Paisley, who is a local author here, uh, very few uh, folks like Jay who reach back into history using first-person accounts right. through letters to tell stories. So I'm very fascinated by this process. Yes. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, that's that's what hit me right away. I said, this is a first-person account of, of what actually happened there. So um, I began to transcribe all the letters. That took years and years and years because I wanted to share them with all my all the family members, all, all the dozens and dozens of cousins I had. Uh, so I did, and I, I put them in a folder, and I emailed everybody. So the the process, as I began to get the idea for the play, uh, I would sit late at night and read the letters and reread them, and literally tears streaming down my face. I mean, it was just wildly emotional. And uh, sometimes I'd even have to put them away. I felt I was invading their privacy, even after 150 years. 
But uh, I worked on it and kept going and kept going. And at that time, I was teaching. I taught for about 10 years. And my students in school helped me transcribe some. Wow. <laughs> so that, that was a nice experience, too. So I, I put it in, in a play form and because um, I had over 100, 100 letters. And I got a bunch of actors together. And we met. At a, I live in Maine in the summertime. And uh, we sat on the front porch overlooking the ocean and uh, started at 2 in the afternoon and by 11 at night we were finished so I thought this play may be a little bit too long so <laughs> so, so uh, I began to you know how, how can I pare it down how what can I cut what can I cut that had to be painful taking things out that you know are significant yes. and that I love dearly yes and, yes and, and, uh, and I, I was I was in love with the letters <laughs> and the, the, the description the, the the language was so was what hit me one of the letters started uh, from my great-grandmother is that her dear husband, uh, I seat myself to write to you through the silent voice of the pen. And that just drove me. So the, the original title was The Silent Voice of the Pen. Oh, really? The play. <laughs> so uh, so th things like that struck me. So I, I didn't want to lose lines like that. But eventually what I did, I went through the play and circled one line in each page. Turn that page, circled them, and went through the entire script and put that together uh, to see what I was left with, and so, so that's how I I began to cut it. It was it was hard. It was hard. No doubt. And everything that fell on the cutting room floor, as they say, uh, have you done anything with that with that um, material? I keep cutting it a little bit. Um, whenever I attend a performance, uh, I'm here because I, I was invited to come. And, <laughs> and, uh, but I'm here because I, I was dying to see another production of the play. And often I'll go and take sort of mental notes. And then sometimes I'll go back and cut a line here and change something there. Oh, so, so your play is really still living. It is evolving. Yes, yes. And, and, and what happened over the years, as I went, it's been running for 15 years now. A lot of the, there was a little bit too much, too much extraneous information. In the beginning, it was very much reading letters, letter after letter after letter. And over the years, I've transformed it more into a dialogue of a play with the characters talking to each other. So that I think that's where we are right now. So it, to me, it feels more like a, a, a play play with dialogue. Are there elements in here that you had to add or embellish to make it work as a play? Yes. Um, I did some uh, funny. Uh, I had another book from another great-grandfather on my mother's side of the family who lived in Vermont. And it was the history of the war between the states. And, and, and wonderful descriptions of how the tents were placed and how the, what the hospital beds looked like and things that weren't in the letters. So I began to get some of that embellishment from the descriptions. And also in Maine and Bowdoin College, there was a wonderful book by an officer in the army who happened to be in the same company as my great-grandfather in, in the, the final year, Grant's army, uh, final year of the war. So they were in the same battles. They traveled the same route. So I used some of his information just to, just to make it more descriptive. What were some of the other challenges you had just to get the story out? Right, right. The process was was interesting. It was it was a little difficult. At one point, uh, I just after circling those those lines and putting it together again, I thought, oh, this is terrible. So, and I 
threw it in the trash. No, really. <laughs> oh. And and my my, my wife retrieved it. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad she did. <laughs> and and said continue working on it. Um, so I I did. Uh, and and then I I I guess I left it alone maybe for a year or so. Then 9/11 happened, and it just threw me for a loop. I mean, everybody else too, but I I still. Wake up! I mean, we were in in the no, we were in Maine, so we watched it on television. My son was in New York and was invited to breakfast at the top of the towers that morning and didn't go. So, <laughs> but anyway, so it it deeply affected me, and and I began to see some of the parallels in some of the letters of the burning of Richmond, for example, and and in the description in the play, I used some of the New York Times description of the tower and put them into the Richmond burning. Wow. Uh, there's some uh, ironic comments when when Lincoln is is killed. My great-grandfather writes and says, it's the awfulest thing that ever happened in America. You know, and here I am sitting of the, the awfulest thing that ever happened in America. So a lot of those things it hit me, hit me very, it gave me an energy to finish the play. And also a couple of people, which is very nice, have mentioned after they see the play, they say, oh, I, I like the arc of the play, the beginning of the end. So I, I was involved in, in sort of completing that arc of making it, something from start to finish and what i what i wanted to do was was chronicle the civil war and make sure that all the battles all the sequences were in correct order so maybe it could be used in a school and then through that intersperse my family story that was the my goal of the of the play and then um, and then i thought okay we've done it time to get some actors together. So I did, and, and uh, in where I live, I had a little theater company, and they were wonderful. They were great, as many of the actors have been. So we uh, rehearsed, and rehearsal was, was exciting, and we opened, and in our little town in Maine, it was uh, sort of a little mild sensation. Uh, word got around, and we quickly did 15 or 20 performances all over. We did it in a uh, very much like where we're sitting now. It was a recruiting center for the Civil War in a little town where, near our town. And uh, the people, I went there about an hour before, and there was a line around the block, around the building of people waiting to get in. And so, so it, was, it was, and also uh, our town is the home of Joshua Chamberlain. So there's a great, a great interest in the Civil War here, and, and so jo- Joshua Chamberlain, I'm not familiar. Um, he was he was the one of the heroes of the Battle of Gettysburg. Uh, he he led the one flank around the the, the left, and and was was able to 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 prevent the Confederates from coming in from, I think this was Little Round Top or something like that. Um, see, my history is not, I, I have historians all around me who can, who <laughs> right can tell me room. exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, I must say that my father, my father took me to Gettysburg when I was a teenager. I think even before he found the letters, it might have been around that time. And we spent three days, it was wonderful, three days, and we went on the day of July, June 30th, July 1st, July 2nd, July. And, and uh, on the days we were there, it, um, 
uh, a storm brewed. The, 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 the battle was peaking. A storm came and lightning and thunder. <laughs> it was very exciting. So uh, I, that, that was the one battle thing I shared with him, which was, which was lots of fun. So there were so many people killed there. And years ago, you know, I was bicycling from Pittsburgh here to New York City, and I got to Gettysburg area late in the evening, and I actually slept on a battlefield. You know, I kind of went in the bushes and slept on a battlefield. But I had this overwhelming sense of the ghosts, like we talked about earlier in this room here. I felt them. Now, that might be crazy, but I, I felt something, you know, of, of the people who died there. You know, I mean, it was very powerful. Does your play evoke ghosts of sorts for people? Yes. Oh, very, very, very much. Uh, well, for for me, <laughs> every, every time. <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, no, it it uh, no. It, I I went to the dress rehearsal of this play here tonight's the opening, but uh, I was weeping. I was I was it was very moving. Uh, so uh, yes, the the ghosts come, and people pretty much say they've been very moved by the play. So uh, I think it's I think that's why you go to the theater to sort of get uh, express your emotions. Uh, there's some very funny things, some funny lines, funny as, but some very teary, very 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 deeply felt emotions in it. Many audience members seem to say they leave the theater with that that feeling of having having gone through the uh, a good emotional context. Now I'm going to ask you a question that may seem very strange. Have you ever been disappointed in a performance or a rendition where you just felt people were taking license in, a, in the wrong way? Of this play? Of the play. <laughs> um, the, the, don't, don't name names. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, yes, uh, it was about a year ago, and it was a production that I directed. And I brought back to my town where we first did it 15 years ago, and it was awful. I, I had the wrong space. I found the wrong uh, the, the space. Didn't work. Um, the actors. Well, they, anyway, the it 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 didn't work on on many levels, and some the acoustics were very bad. And I we there's a prologue to it, which I sometimes do and sometimes not. We're not doing it here, but uh, a couple times I've done it myself and uh, about how the play began, and um, uh, it's been okay. I did it again, and I was. I was terrible. So I, I went away. This was about a year ago. So I went away from that production feeling very, very sad. So that's why I wanted to go back and see a good production uh, here. Um, so I can blame myself for that one. Well, you, you really dodged that one there <laughs> by not naming all those other plays. That, uh, no, I'm just joking with that. I always like to ask those who tell stories for advice. For those out there listening to this who may discover letters in their own attic, what advice would you give them? Oh, oh! Uh, all I can say is, is that we all obviously have wonderful stories to tell. Someone came backstage and said they found some World War II letters. And I said, write them down. Be begin to just simply tell the story of your family. Tell your own story, uh, your parents, your grandparents, because... Very important. Here we are in historical society, and 100 years from now, there'll be other people coming here wanting to know about what life was like in 2017. So, uh, yes, get out the letters, transcribe them, share them, especially share them with the family, your children, your grandchildren. That's mainly why I did this play, 
just a sort of a legacy for my people coming coming along after me. Right. Rudyard Kipling said, if history were told in the form of stories, it would never be forgotten. So as a last question, let me ask you, how important is it to take history and shape it, broadcast it, share it in the form of stories? And I'm not I'm not saying as we know them to be like in the history books, but to take history as you did and add some creative license to it, add some literary dimension to it that makes it come alive. How important is that for us to do? Oh, well, obviously, extremely important. I think of that so much now because we're here near the, the Midland Performing Arts Center and the School for Performing Arts. And I spoke to a group of students yesterday who were drama students there, bright, exciting, energetic. And uh, it makes me think that any form of history, any form of storytelling, if it could be done through the performing arts or poetry or music or dance or however they... So we see, we, we see a, a visually... Uh, how history has, has been shaped. I, I'm, what are the bottom line, I'm talking about how important the arts are in our education. And if only every school in America could have a strong arts program the way Midland does, it would be, be wonderful. And also, it's, it's a way of, of audiences to receive information, too. And, and my, my dream, my hope, was for this play to be useful for the study of the Civil War. And then as a final exam, have students write letters and then describe the war, describe the causes, describe the effects through it in the form of letters. And that would be their exam. Frank Wicks, thank you so much for being on our podcast today and welcome to Beaver County and enjoy your time here. Now, you're going to go back to Mexico when you're done here? Actually, I go back to Maine. Oh, back to Maine. So half, half the year in Maine, half the year in Mexico. Well, thank you for coming, and we wish you a safe journey, and come back to see us again. Thank you. You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network.